Oh, hi. Yeah, we're doing this. Oh, hi. look at us. Hi. Oh, hi. Look at us. Go. <laughs> How are you? Why are you looking at me like that? What are you drinking? I'm, I'm jumping ahead, but. That's fine. Um, I'm drinking a Hellas. It's one of, it's, I think it's Trevor's newest beer at the brewery. And it's so light. It's so crisp. It and so great. in honor of patio season being very nearly upon us. How dare you drink these? How dare you say this into my face? All the summer long. Wow. I'm so excited. Talking about patio season. Do you know what? Do you know what? What we have been experiencing this week? Your car being covered with snow overnight. Uh, yeah. We got no joke. Like, like, not quite a foot and a half, but well over a foot overnight. And then it got down to five below. And then yesterday was. It started out at five below and then kind of warmed up a little bit and then it plummeted again. So all the roads are just straight up. I It's great. Oh, it's so good. That. It's mid-March. Yeah. Mid-March, everybody. That was moving to Alaska from the south slash Midwest. That was the most frustrating thing is because around this time is when I'm like, great, winter needs to be over. Oh. It is springtime now. And that is not the case in Alaska. Tell me about it. Also, oh, my God, we are recording on... Gregory's birthday. Oh, Greg. This is Greg's birthday. That little blind bitch. He's real blind. He's real, real blind. Um, happy, happy birthday, Gregory. Gregory. How are you? Congratulations on being vaccinated. Dude. Oh, my God. I'm so jealous. What a journey. All I can say is I'm extremely grateful I was so excited. And even if you think, surely it won't happen to me, take the next day off just in case, because I had booked a full day for myself and I had to reschedule everything as I was a corpse. Yeah. It kicked my ass the next day. Yeah. Um, and then like 24 hours after, after 24 hours of, ass whooping I woke up like ah, ready for the day do 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 yeah but man that first day afterward that's what I've heard I from was, basically everybody yeah yeah I was in bed to varying degrees right. but everybody and is like yeah that's almost everyone I know are or people who are around me who have gotten it had virtually no symptoms and so wow. I yeah like so many of them were like I mean, I got a little bit of a headache the next day or, you know, I was a little dizzy, but it wasn't anything, you know. So I was like, oh, it won't hit me. Boop, boop, boop. I'm fine. Yeah. And then my body was like, oh, excuse you. Go lay down for a full day. Yeah, we are scheduled for Wednesday uh, over lunch. And so I, I don't know about Evan, but I told my boss, I was like, hey, I'm going to take a half day because I'm interested to see if this hits me hard my initial nine hours after I got it I was fine and I was like better drink a bunch of water be super hydrated and ironically the people some of the people that I've talked to who like made sure to be super hydrated and all the water and whatever they just got hammered by the virus and then all the people who were like fuck it I'm gonna go have a margarita or six beers or whatever they were fine so maybe the trick is to like stay up all night, yeah. like smoke a bunch of cigarettes, yeah. 
drink a bunch of whiskey, and then just roll in to get your vaccine. Yes, everything that normally your body would be like, I guess to be a responsible adult, I shouldn't do this. No, do all of that, apparently. Yeah. Trevor's getting his his second one next Thursday and also taking a half day. I'm just like, oh, man, let's just not play around with this, you know? Right. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Yeah, I'm so hyped. Um, I'm so proud of Alaska of how. Hell yeah. It's been handled. How are you? (laughs) I'm okay. I'm okay. My head is garbo today. It is Greta Garbo, just <laughs> straight in the toilet. Um, and yeah, so that like that's not excellent. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm fine. <laughs> just kind of you know doing the cool. same thing. Cool. I'm very, very, very excited for next Wednesday because it's vaccine day. So that's like huge exciting and then next weekend is st patrick's day which is like such a thing for the dodd family nice they are irish to the core and like it like i have never met i've never met people who like actually celebrate st patty's day you know like like i always thought of st patty's day of like oh yeah i go to a party because it's st patty's but like we're talking Irish music, green beer, homemade corned beef and cabbage. Like it's an excellent time. I told yeah. Evan, I was like, this is honestly like half the reason that I married you is because now I have an excuse to like celebrate St. Patty's Day and like have it be. It's like Christmas. It's I love it. I'm really obsessed with it because I didn't know that people celebrated like that. He should celebrate in Chicago one year. Oh my God, he would love that. Wild. He would love that. It is a great time, but it is wild down here. Yeah. (laughs) I, they, they told everybody that like no parade, we're not dying the river green, you know, blah, blah, blah. That's a shame. At least die the river. Well, those sneaky sneakers, (laughs) they, they died it this morning without telling anybody. And so it was like, it was their way of making sure people didn't come gather to like watch Uh them die it. But they still died it anyway because people can oh. come by and enjoy and stuff. So the river's green and yeah, that's that um, like is so weirdly wholesome to me. It's the of people of them being like, no, 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 we're not gonna do it, and then be like, and then like <laughs> shh, shh, do we got gotcha. you, <laughs> we're doing it. But now you can't come gather. Stay healthy. <laughs> that's great. Yeah, I love it a lot. It's pretty precious. But yeah, if it's anybody who St. Patty's Day is a big thing to them, they should come celebrate in Chicago one year. Um, oh my goodness. Cause it's a time. Um, what are you drinking this fine morning? I am drinking a buttload of water mm. out of my, my, my anchor, anchor Mason. Um, and then some coffee. Nice. Yeah. I have a rock, paper, citrus next to me. Just, just in case, but it's up to you. I think, I think probably no with my brain. I think my brain is saying, you know, please water. You got to listen to your brain. You got to do it. Yeah, I guess. I guess so. We're rapidly approaching the two year anniversary and I do not appreciate it. Oh, my God, we are. April 11th. 
rapidly approaching. Dude, I just hope it stops for you. Me too. You know? Me too. Yeah. And someday. Someday it will. And it'll someday be great. It'll stop. And you'll be free. Mm-hmm. And in honor of that, welcome to Babe Town. Ugh, I knew. I knew this was leading up to something. Did you see it in my face? I was building. Yeah. Yeah, I did. It's me. Ugh. Ugh. But also, thank you. I You're feel very welcome. welcomed. Good. You should. Mm-hmm. Do you... That's a... Well, I guess it's an accurate question. Do you know what year your babe was born? <laughs> I do know what year my babe was born, and I also know that I'm going first. There's... There's, like, almost no way that I'm not going first. Then you're definitely, yeah. Okay, but what year? Yeah, tell me things. Um, well, well, I know what year my babe was active. So she was born somewhere around 480 BC. Just, you know. Is it me? Am I going first? My hair. My <laughs> hair. Just under the yeah. wire. What? Okay. Uh, let me. Okay. Um, Reagan. Taylor. Have you ever heard of Hydna of Sioni? I have not. I think Sioni is how you say it. Okay, cool. Um, we're going to talk about some ancient Greeks. <laughs> I love it. Okay. So um, Hydna was born somewhere around 480. Um, sure. Her dad was a man named Silas. Big, big fan. Um, okay. Yeah. He was a Greek swim instructor, which like kind of cracks me yes. up. There were like, I mean, it makes sense that there are swim instructors like anywhere that's coastal, but the idea of ancient swim instructors just is like very cute to me. I don't know why. Um, so at the time, Sioni, the the area, I think it's a like one town, okay. was controlled by Athens, which was a Greek city state, and Athens along with many, many, many other Greek states was in like a near constant war with Persia okay. all the time. Yeah. So 480, Persia's invading. So Xerxes the first, which like Ugh. Xerxes though, Here that's an are. excellent name. An okay, excellent. so uh, he had stationed his fleet along the coast of Mount Pelion, which was quote, a short boat journey away from Hydna's town. Okay. okay. So they can like see this fleet just like chilling, which like Ugh. scary. Very scary. Um so he, Xerxes is waiting for the start of the battle of Art Artesium. Mm-hmm. Artemisium. Okay. I missed an M in there. Artemisium. Got it. But while they're moored, um, there's this like huge storm that rolls in. So now all of a sudden all the Persians are having to like focus on just like keeping their boats from like crashing into each other. So they have to like. That turned out very well for the Greeks. Yeah. And so everything is just like kind of on hold until this storm passes. So like the Persians are having to like, you know, I don't know, do stuff with their sails. Anchor and, and and, like the mast. Pull in, pull in. Hold on real tight. No, oars are like probably for like small boats. Bail out the water. They've got so much water. They got buckets. they you gotta swab the decks. The swab do, you gotta do that for sure yeah. in the rain. We should start a seafaring podcast. Oh my god, do you want to be pirates? We would nail it. Okay, great. That's coming soon. Um, <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, so where was I? 
blah blah blah. Silly Persians. The storm. So, <laughs> so the storm gives Hydna and her dad Silas an idea. So they're like chilling in their town, right? And they're like, hmm, it sure looks like the Persians are having some issues. And Hydna, lucky for us, was known for being able to like basically marathon swim in the ocean and also dive super deep. So Hydna and Silas are like, all right, here's what we're going to do. We're going to swim to the Persians' boats 10 miles away. In the ocean, during a storm, we're going to swim, secret, secret, going to dive down, and we're going to, like, fuck up their anchors and, like, like cut their mooring lines and stuff. I mean, that's the thing. Like, if you're in a storm, the last thing you're going to be doing is looking out for individual swimmers. Being like, hmm, is there a lady and her dad coming for us? (laughs) (laughs) But what if he's a swim instructor? (laughs) What if she's known for being able to dive really deep in the water? Our anchors are down there. <laughs> it's a brilliant plan. I am with Hyden and Silas. This is why I, it's such, it's going to be a really short one, but like I read this story and I was like, okay, well, I, you have to, you I, have, I have, to. I have to do this. Okay. So, <laughs> so Hyden and Silas, they're like, I picture them like, what's this one? The first there, style. That's the one, but like, but like booking it, right? Yeah, like, like Michael Phelps. Olympic <laughs> freestyling yeah just getting after it and then they like so like they get out there and it was funny because like (laughs) when I was reading about it everybody was like yeah you know they were making sure to be super quiet and was like it's like it's a storm and everybody's on these big ass ships like nobody is going to hear them and they're fine like they don't need to be quiet but whatever so they go down they like pull up all the anchors and they cut all the lines and stuff so all of a sudden all the persian ships are just like crashing into each other and so like it just like it destroyed a bunch of the persian ships a couple of them actually sank a lot of them were out of commission so then they had to like sail back to go get more ships to like do this battle and so because of the delay because the persians had to like figure out their shit right the Greeks were able to prepare better. And so then they actually won the battle when it actually happened. Yes. And so, um, so, okay. So that story is from uh, the Greek historian Posanius, but other Greek historian Herodotus has another story. And it's that um, it's that Silas was actually working for Xerxes, the Persian as a diver to recover treasure that had sunk in Persian ships and then was taking information from the Persians, rolling over to the Greeks and being like, here's what's what. And then ultimately you, got his daughter and was like, let's go fuck up their boats. Are you telling me that in 480 BC, roughly, mm-hmm. this man, Silas, mm-hmm. was a double diving agent? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. That is what I'm telling you. Wow. And I'm his an daughter undercover. was his apprentice. Right. Like I'm I'm an I'm an undercover agent. Oh wow. What do you what's your cover? <laughs> I'm a diver. Yeah, I'm a diver. That's what I do. I dive. Sometimes I dive for treasure. Sometimes I dive to like mess up anchors. Fuck up anchors. Yeah. Just dive. That's just so, what I do. That's impressive. Um and so Heidna was like doing it all with him too (laughs) so like it sounds it sounds like it was very much her idea to like go out and Mm -hmm. get the anchors which is hilarious to me um it's brilliant so simple it's 
and it's a real shame because I have no idea how old she was at this point. You know, like I, she could have been 25. She could have been 14. I have no idea. Yeah. I would, it, that cracks me up though, to think that this might be a 14 year old. Um, I mean, so as a tribute to Haydna and Silas, there were statues that were dedicated to them at Delphi, which is the most sacred site in the Greek world. Um, unfortunately, though, we don't know where those statues are now because Nero Ugh. stole them, took them to Rome, and then the trail goes cold. Um, yeah, so that's kind of all that I have on Haydna and Silas. That's amazing. But it was too fun of a story to not do. No, I, I 100% agree. Short but sweet. Um, so to sort, source my shit, there's a great blog called Ancient Herstories, <laughs> which is excellent. Um, yes. And it's just the entry on that, Wikipedia. And then there is an article, 10 Noble and Notorious Women of Ancient Greece, written by Dr. Joshua J. Mark. Wow. And that's kind of it. Yeah. That's amazing. And then, and then Herodotus and Posanius's writings. Histories. Histories. The Greek you know, histories. As they do. You know. Wow. What a fun story. Good job, dude. Thanks. All right. Sit back with your coffee. Mm. I'm here to. I'm here to spin you a web, tell you a tale. Okay. Uh, Taylor. Yes. Have you ever heard? Of Apo Wang Odd. No. Okay. She also goes by Maria Ogay. Ogay? I don't know how to say it, but most people call her just Wang Odd. Okay. Okay, so we're pretty sure she doesn't, her, the village she grew up in doesn't do like written birthdays or birth certificates or something. So we're pretty sure she was born February 17th, 1917. Okay. Maybe. Could be up to 1922, but pretty sure it was 1917. Either way, she was born in Bustalan, which is a mountain village in the Kalinga area of the Philippines. It's super remote and hard to get to, which absolutely aided them in staying safe and preserving their way of life. Yeah. Specifically, you know, during invasions, things like that. So her father worked as a traditional tattoo artist. And she started to show interest in his work, but oh my goodness! Oh yeah! Oh, oh my yeah. goodness! <laughs> oh, I yeah. already am obsessed with where this I is going. Love this story. Um, so traditional tattooing of you know like the warrior tattoos, things like that. It it's called batok, and it was only allowed for men in tattoo familial lines. Like it was an ancestral blood wow. relative thing. That's so um, interesting. Right? Like you had to come from the tattoo family to be able to, to do be this. able to do it. Because it's like a super spiritual thing. We'll get there. Anyway. Right. So her father saw that she had a passion and talent for it. So he was like, you know what? Screw tradition. And he taught her. Um, it's a good so dad move right there. It's a great dad move. Yeah. So they're, the style of tattoo is what other cultures call stick and poke. I think they call them hand tapping here, but yeah. they're, they're slow. They're painful. 
Um, and every hit is done by hand. Um, so the Buscalon people were traditionally warriors and headhunters, though that specific practice has obviously ended. Um, and so they had specific tattoos for warriors that they would get after each enemy that they had killed. There were different tattoos that were specifically for women that symboled, symboled, oh no. <laughs> oh gosh. Ay. Um, signified, there we go. Yep like beauty and wealth and they were seen as a really beautiful thing. And so the native people from this area are just like covered in tattoos. It's the That's coolest amazing. thing. Um, the artist called the Mamba talk. Nope. I missed a bump. Mamba talk. There we go. Okay. Would create the design for you based on why you were receiving it. And you know, the, where you were from, they took inspiration from nature. Like they're very specific things and they take a lot of time because they're slow and painful and you can only do bits at a time so a large tattoo would probably take like a few months um so at the time she's learning she's 15 she fell in love with a young warrior named ang batang when he was returned from his first battle she gave him his first ceremonial tattoo very cute hard eyes all over oh the place. my god <laughs> they Wanted wow. to be married, but the elders thought that he came from an impure bloodline, and so he was married to her best friend. Oof, buddy. Rough for Rough. all three of them. Rough all the way around. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, though, he died in a logging accident when she was only 25. I imagine he was, you know, only slightly older. Yeah. Um, and she never married or fell in love with anyone else. Uh, it oh. said that she had 15 boyfriends of different ages and sizes throughout her life. <laughs> <laughs> also, that's the most like there were 15 different people. <laughs> yeah. That's just the most generalized. Just, like they were all different people. <laughs> and she had flings with them. The end. That's funny. Um, so she did her first tattoo on herself when she was a teenager. It was a ladder and a python because extremely badass. Um, yeah. And she continued learning. And eventually, I'm assuming after her father passed away, she became like the only tattoo artist for their community. She wow. said, quote, I started when I was 15 years old and it became my path. Mm. Oh. So little history. When the Spanish invaded and colonized the Philippines in the 1500s, they brought Christianity and, you know, as colonizers are wont to do. Yeah. Um, tattooing had been going on for, you know, generations before that. So when the Spanish arrived, they saw all of these men and women just tatted up. And so they called the Philippines the islands of the painted ones. So, of course, Christianity took hold over hundreds of years. Stigma about tattooing came with that. But luckily for Wong Odd and everyone else in the world who cares about preserving individual cultures, Buscalon is super secluded and hard to get to. And so they were mostly left alone. Good news. Great news, everyone. Colonizers are like, listen, that's a mountain. That's I don't... hard. <sighs> um, so as time goes on, she's getting better and better. But she has no children to pass along the ancestral line of oh, tattooing. Oh, because it's only... Has to be the oh, blood. Yeah. It has to be the bloodline. 
Um, and the idea is that if someone from a different bloodline were to finish a tattoo that she started, the tattoo itself would be infected. Not like the body, but like the spiritual part of the tattoo would oh. be infected. Because they're, quote, excuse me, earthly messengers from the gods that protect you from enemies or bad spirits. And also when a member of their culture dies, they obviously can't take clothing or possessions with them. I shouldn't say obviously, that's not obvious. According to their beliefs, they cannot take clothing or possessions with them. So their tattoos show who they are to the gods. And wow. so you don't want an infected tattoo. Um, but she realized that she needed to pass on the information because she wasn't going to live forever. So she began teaching her grandniece. But the struggle was that the younger generation didn't really have an interest in learning the ancestral teachings and the work being passed down. I think her niece wanted to be a teacher. Like, you yeah. know, they have their own dreams and identities. Thankfully, though, her niece, Grace Palakas, and another blood relative named Ilion Wigan began apprenticing. Grace started when she was 10 years old. Wow. And, like, her first tattoos are on herself. And so you can see, like, she holds up her arm, and it's, like, her first ones from when she was freaking 10. Wow. And Ilion started practicing when she was 16. Eventually, they started practicing on friends. Um, but they just started by watching, you know. Um, also, being an elder, she performs fortune-telling and chants while she's tattooing someone only from the Kalinga region. Anybody outside of that, it would be spiritually inappropriate to do that yeah. thing. Um, but that's not something that she's been able to teach her blood successors because you need plenty of people in the Kalinga region who want to get tattoos. And so it's likely going to pass with her because, by the way, she's still alive. Wait. And tattooing in the Philippines. Wait. She's 104 years old. What? She's 104 years old. And this she's might be the oldest lady that we've had. Yeah. She has been tattooing for over 80 years. Wow. Right? So there's this push right now that, like, hey, we need to get more Kalinga people to dedicate themselves to getting these tattoos and this practice so that she can teach Grace and Ilion the complex chanting and all of this. Yeah. So she uses a thorn from a lime tree or a citrus tree. I think she uses lemon trees too. Attached to a bamboo stick and then hits it with a bamboo hammer to like drive the ink into the skin. And she makes the ink every morning from charcoal from the outside of her teapot and water. Wow. So when you get wow. tattooed from her, essentially your body will get infected because your body's going to reject the charcoal and it's quote, just something your body has to go through. Um, what does that mean? Like, what is, like, it's just, what is an infection from a tattoo? Like it bleeds a lot and wow. ultimately heals over. It's just like part of the routine, you know, it's part of the ritual. Damn. Um, when, so the guy that I'm quoting right here, there's a, a little, there's a bunch of documentaries about it, but him specifically, he's Filipino and he was asked if it was painful and he kind of hesitated and like, 
<laughs> yeah, of course it is. Yeah. But there's this understanding that you can't show pain when you're getting tattooed by her or she'll hit harder. <laughs> <laughs> and I can only imagine in her mind, she's like, oh, 60 years ago, they never would have, you know, like. Honestly, yeah. Whips. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so originally her tattoos were only for locals or Filipinos, but then it became like if she liked an outsider, she would tattoo them. And now it's a full on tourism industry in Buscalan. Like, wow. People travel crazy distances to hopefully, it's fine. <laughs> to hopefully get a tattoo from Wangod. Um, she chooses the design. Sometimes I think now it's <laughs> like amazing can have some influence over it. And it's like, now that it's, one after the other, after the other, after the other. It's yeah. like, okay, you know, what are you thinking? What do you want? Um, and the guy who was being interviewed in the documentary was talking about how he was trying to convince her to give him the full warrior tattoo. And she agreed to do part of it, but basically said not all of it because a full warrior tattoo means honor and quote, what do you have? <laughs> Brutal. <See? laughs> yeah. It's amazing. Um, so with the influx of tourism to the area, a small mountain village that you have to, I mean, it's crazy. Yeah. There are a bunch of culture and tattoo enthusiasts that have joined with locals that are like, okay, how can we preserve this and still respect the community? And so they're helping tourists remain respectful, which is, I mean, it's great for the economy of Buscalon, but also tourism has its downsides. Totally. One of them that I mentioned multiple times was just trash. There's just trash yeah. everywhere. Um, So if anybody listening is planning a trip to Buscalon to get tatted, just like be respectful and don't be a dick. Uh, Also, if you're going, this is what it takes to get there. Yes. You fly into the nearest airport and it's a 12 hour bus ride followed by another two hours in a hired car or Jeep. You have to find your own ride. Yeah. To where you can either hire someone local with a dirt bike or you can hike to the start of the trail. But then how far is that? I don't know. Do you know? Uh, but then ultimately the trail, you have to hire a guide and you have to go in on foot. Like there's just no wow. other way. And so there's obviously no reservations or anything. It's just like you, you know, make your way in and hope for the best. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of people stay in the village for a couple of days and then decide it's they're waiting too long. And so they leave. But it's I mean, you're working on her timeline, not right. yours. And she's one hundred and four. Right. <laughs> yeah. There's a sign outside of where she works that says the Mumba Batak can be overwhelmed with so many people wanting artwork. It takes a long time to travel here, but this does not entitle, that's in all caps, mm-hmm. entitle you to demand anything. If you cannot wait, then you do not deserve this rare work of art. Totally. Like 100%. 100%. Yeah. There is no room for entitled, entitled assholes on top of this no. mountain. No. Get out of here. Goodbye. Get out of here. Um, wow. But yeah, she's the last living Mumbabatak, Mumbabatak, I'm going to pronounce that wrong, but yeah, they're trying to pass on the knowledge. And then she went to like multiple different tattoo expos and stuff. And she's been given all these awards and she was named a living, um, 
oh, what's it called? I don't know. Not a living relic, but like a living, oh, no. Oh, I know what you're trying to say. Like people who, like like elders that are the last of their people to speak the language. Yes, yes. Yeah. She was, you know, in that, and she went to these expos, and a lot of, there was a picture that circulated, I think it was like 2015, of her asleep at an expo. And so it went viral, and all these people were like, they are overworking her, she did not agree to this, like, blah, 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 and just, like, freaking out. And then the people running the expo were like, actually, (laughs) we have worked extensively with her to make sure that she is comfortable, that her cultural and spiritual beliefs are being respected that she wants to do this the contract that she signed said that she is willingly tattoo she wants to tattoo people and then her nieces started posting and they were like listen we had a great time she loved being (laughs) there she loved tattooing people there was a speech that was going on for a while so she curled up and took a nap like (laughs) let it go everybody just this whole thing um but also I imagine, too, that that it would be hard to get any 104-year-old lady to do something that she didn't want to do. A hundred percent, especially when it means hiking down a mountain. Right. You know, that whole trip in reverse and then back. Right. I feel, I feel like once you hit a certain age, you're allowed to be like, no, I don't want to do that, and I'm not going to, and nothing you say that yeah. can make me do that. And <laughs> I feel like 104 is absolutely at that age. It, where like, Well, yeah. It's past that age. You're <laughs> like I, that lady she's, is only doing stuff she wants to be doing at this point. A hundred percent. And she's yeah. the cutest woman. She's like uh, maybe a hundred pounds, maybe I wouldn't say five feet tall. Just oh, this man. teeny little woman. <laughs> and she curls up and she's got her hoodie on and she just giggles while she's, you know, t- I mean, she's having a great time. I'm it's um also she's on Instagram on her Instagram which obviously I'll link to great there's a like 15 minute documentary on Instagram TV that she shared and it's called Wang Odd the last true tattoo artist and it's this dude just like interviewing her about why she does this and she's just giggling the whole time and like doing oh. her little it is the cutest thing Oh my in God! The world, I love. We her. should link to that video too. We abs- yeah, I absolutely will. It's amazing. Um, but yeah, that's uh, that's Apple Wing Odd, the last true tattoo artist, and that was a great time. time, right? Good work. Yeah, that was great. Um, she, I hope she lives forever, and is very safe and protected. Yeah. Um, to source my shit, a website called My Modern Met. There's a documentary on YouTube from Tattoo Hunter. I think the documentary is called Tattoo Hunter. Mm-hmm. Uh, article on BBC, Wikipedia, that documentary on Instagram TV. Uh, there's an article by Kelly Lewis in Unearth Women on Unearth Women, the website. And then there's the broke backpacker website he went through and was like how to get a tribal tattoo from the legendary wang odd like wow chronicles his journey to get up there and get a tattoo it's so cool damn that's very cool 
And she's so she's so covered in tattoos and so happy and so small. I love her so much. Wow. Uh, yeah. That's she's great. Like preserving. She's the only person preserving this huge piece of culture. Yes. So crazy. Wow. Yeah. She's absolutely a babe, and I love her. Yeah, good work. How did you hear about her? So. My friend Christina is part Filipino and we were going to a plant store the other day and we were talking about like, so it's that time of year. I want to get another tattoo. <laughs> <laughs> and she was telling me some of the work she wants to get. And she was talking about this guy who works in LA, who's also big on like bringing these Batok specific tribal um, tattoos back and so in order to get a tattoo from him you have to be from a Filipino family line and he designs your tattoo based on like researching your family what region they're from wow. all of the stuff and so he creates these huge beautiful pieces for people individually based on their history and culture and that's just the coolest thing so cool and then she mentioned like also there's this little old lady that's still doing it and I was like <laughs> I need to find her yeah wow yeah that was great good thanks. work thanks Christina I appreciate you shout out doing the heavy lifting on this one <laughs> so great uh who's your babe I was gonna ask you that my god <laughs> I keep I keep kind of going back and forth. I wanted to say just like that lady, Kara, who vaccinated me. Huge shout out. Love you. Oh, my God. Thank you. Yeah. Really big <laughs> yeah. fan. Um, but honestly, the like, I'm reading this book as per usual with me. Reagan's book. Reagan's book. Reagan's Corner. book club. Yeah. Um, and. Christina lent it to me. So this episode sponsored by out. Christina. <laughs> <laughs> would it be um, weird if that was the name of this episode? No, I would. Would she think that was funny? Okay. <laughs> I'm not going to tell her until it comes out. She's going to be like, excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, but she let me borrow a book of hers called The Art of Gathering by Priya Parker. And oh my God. It's one of my favorite things in the world. So Priya Parker works as a professional facilitator. And so she facilitates gatherings just of any kind oh. of all kinds. She does like people basically, it sounds like a consulting type thing almost, or like organizing, not organizing, but creating meaningful gatherings. And so she, whether it's like bringing two political groups together from different countries to try and come up with a resolution to something, something, or, you know, a bunch of, you know, city leaders or a wedding or a funeral or a dinner party. <laughs> also, can you hear the siren? I'm so background? sorry. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it, it started like really quiet and then it just like kept getting Got louder. Closer. And then finally there was that like big, <laughs> Made me laugh. Yeah. Anyway, uh, that's very cool. I didn't even know that that was yeah a not, job. 
it's something that like I never thought about, mm-hmm. but she makes such wonderful points. She's like, you know, we as humans, no matter what culture we gather, that's what yeah. we do. And for so many people, it's become we gather because we gather or we gather because it's this day or it's, you know, whatever. But like, how can you make that gathering really, really meaningful, not just for yourself, but for everyone involved? And it's fascinating and I am loving it. That sounds very interesting. What's it called? The Art of Gathering. It is so interesting. I'm absolutely going to buy it, Uh, mainly because it's made me. Like I I was already excited to plan a wedding, but now I like have all of these other ideas where I'm like, I'm going to be so intentional and these tables are going to be crazy. <laughs> to- I, yeah. it is so, so fascinating. And it's making me just like excited to be around people soon. Mm-hmm. The whole, yeah. So shout out to Priya Parker, shout out to Christina. Appreciate you, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's been fun. It's been a fun week. Good one. Who's your babe? Uh, well, I, <laughs> it's going to be a little weird, but my babe is the same babe that I had last week. Miss Allie Zirkel. Unfortunately, was oh. not her year in the Iditarod. Um, for anybody, I think this might actually come out before this might come out before your last before week. the yeah. last week it might be flipped so um when we recorded what episode will come out next was actually last week, week. <laughs> and that was when um i said that ali zirkel the musher in the iditarod was my babe of the week because it was going to be her year and then on the morning of the second day she fell on the trail and by the time she got into the checkpoint at Roan everybody I guess I guess a volunteer like retired nurse she's a volunteer working with the sled dogs and she's a retired nurse and she saw Allie and was like hey I think you have a concussion like you should go get actually checked out and so she ended up having like a pretty bad concussion so they evacuated her to Anchorage and evacuated her dogs later and then she officially scratched later that day so it was not her year which is a bummer because that was the end yeah she's retired now it's a brutal um but she is still my babe she will forever be my mushing babe she's the coolest and it's a bummer the way that that her year ended but I'm glad that I'm I'm glad that 2015 didn't totally turn her off from mushing yeah. entirely because it totally could have because <laughs> like who she's um, so good at it she's so good oh my god sorry I have I have tweet notifications on for Iditarod <laughs> and there's been three scratches this morning are you serious yeah Pete Kaiser just scratched which is nuts Dang. um. Apparently it's a brutal year for everybody. Yeah, well, and they they closed because it's short this year. It's right. It's it's not short. It's just different. It's just different loop. An out and back, and there was supposed to actually be a loop at the end, and I don't know trail conditions or something. They cut the loop, so now it's truly an out and back. 
And so um, I was reading a thing. I don't remember what musher it was, but he was saying that um, his lead dog was a four-year-old that hasn't, hasn't been the lead before. And so he was like, yeah, I'm kind of like testing him out to see how it does. And, and I guess uh, he was like all impressed when he got into a checkpoint because his lead was doing fine passing dogs coming the other way. (laughs) He was like, yeah, that's always like kind of a, kind of a sketchy thing because most races you don't pass people head on. And this one we are because everybody is, I think, I think we've gotten to the point where people are starting to, to work their way back. But anyway, yeah, the Iditarod. Allie Zirkle, man. Allie Zirkle. What a shame. But what a babe. What a babe. Yep. What a babe. Excited to see what she does post, post-mushing life. Yeah. yeah. I also didn't really realize until she scratched that she was retiring from mushing as a whole. I thought she was just, I thought this was going to be her last Iditarod and then she was going to go and do other races, but it sounds like she's retiring from mushing as a whole. So I guess it's none of my business. It's really her life. If she wants to like mush in her free time, just not race or, you know, I'm sure that that, yeah, I'm sure that it's not. Yeah. I'm sure it's not like take her dogs out for a spin. Right. Cause she still has the kennel and she's got all her dogs and stuff. And, presumably has spent a lot of time and money yeah doing this for 20 years so man that's crazy yeah Oof, 20 years yeah i know that I was reading a thing about another page oh i'm not gonna be able to remember her last name now hang on i want to get this right okay she's a musher that i haven't heard of before this year um Doop, 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 doop. Paige Drobny. Hmm. Um, and she's been nervous about COVID on the trail and at these checkpoints. And so she has not set foot inside of a building since she's been on the Iditarod Trail. Dude. She has been sleeping outside and it's been negative 50. What? Paige. What? Yeah, apparently she, she made she made one quick trip into an Arctic oven, which I don't really know what that means, but I'm assuming that it's like the things that they have you warm up in at like polar bear plunge. That makes sense. Um, but otherwise, yeah, she's just been outside the whole time. Does she just is she able to keep her dogs with her and just like sleep in the big huddle of her and her pups? I mean, I'm assuming she's got like a bivy sack or something, but but. Yeah, it says it sounds it says she's okay sleeping out even at negative fifty below like last night, but she hasn't been able to dry out gear in days. <laughs> I bet. Like what tell me. What? It's so I'm just <sighs> I'm just so amazed by people who can run the Iditarod. Like it's yeah. so impressive. And intense. It's so impressive and so intense and like they all have such a great time. It's just such a bizarre I'm, yeah. I'm just so fascinated by people who run the Iditarod because, like, they love it. And it seems like just such a grueling, yeah, a grueling thing. I was reading that one of the mushers was disappointed to find out that um, they didn't need to 
carry any of the vaccines because he was like how cool would it be to like carry vaccines for covid yeah in the iditarod like that would be so cool so i guess he's carrying like like an empty box that's like ceremonial of like yeah we're doing a vaccine run (laughs) i read that i was like that's such a cute that's so cute that's such a cute thing to think of like y'all needed any vaccines we could we could take them done it before like we could do it (laughs) (laughs) Uh, yeah (laughs) yeah i did a rod it's such a good time of year it's a great time of year i miss it quite a bit yeah yeah these tweet notifications have been really fun because like it's immediate of like oh somebody scratched i need to jump on that I completely forgot after our conversation last week that will come out next week, you know. (laughs) Like regular time things. Like regular, normal passage of time in a very linear way. It's great. Yeah. It's all regular and normal and fine. (sighs) Well, yeah. I guess we've done it again. Done it again. Look at us go. Also, I think this is our 50th episode. Oh my God! Is it? Either this. I think you're right. Is hang on, hang on. Fifty episodes. Yeah. If this comes out before, you know, last week. Next so week, really, we're... so really, we've covered a hundred and four babes. Mm-hmm. hundred and two, because math. Not not counting groups of women. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Dang. That's so many. And so many still to go. My list of babes is so long still. Yeah, it keeps growing forever, indefinitely. Enjoy the rest of your day. Thanks. I'm going to go take a shower. That sounds great. I'm probably going to do the same thing. Nice. Oh, my God. Look at us. Oh, my God. Getting clean. Wow. Wow. Oh, my God. Take that depression. (laughs) Take that. I'll show you. Yeah. Um, All right. I love, I love you. This is great. Also, yeah, I'm a big fan of this. Yeah, big, big fan. Big fan. Um, and snuggle I will, that pup. I will. I'm going to snuggle you, pup. She's like, yeah. She's like, duh. Yeah, that's the whole thing. Whole point. That's the point. Um, I love you. Happy birthday. I love you, too. Oh, yeah. <laughs> bye. Okay, bye.